Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Luke chapter 22 verses 31. Now the Bible says in Luke chapter 22 verses 31, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, Behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when not if, when not if converted, strengthen thy brethren. And the next verse says, And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou hast thrice denied that thou knowest me. Praise God. Now, the Bible tells us of a man called Simon Peter. This scripture is very beautiful. It's very beautiful. Uh, you're going to be amazed at what God is going to do through this. Now, if we have to take you back to this story, you all know that Jesus had disciples. He had men that walked with him. He had an outer circle of the 5,000. Those ones eat food. They love bread. They love miracles, which is all okay because that is entitled for everybody. But their main purpose in the place of ministry was simply what they could receive from Jesus. That was 5,000 fellows. He's hungry. They're hungry. He feeds them. They're sick. He heals them. They teach, he, he teaches them, but every time they're receiving the word, they're receiving it for their own personal consumption, which is okay. But you see, those ones, again later in scripture, you realize they leave Christ. And he, asks, he remains with 12 men. He asks them, will you also go? And they say, how can we leave? For with thee are the words of life, right? So he had a special 12. And Peter was among those people. And then, one day he asks them, who do men say I am? Right? And then they said, some say that you are John the Baptist. I even wonder what they were thinking. Some say you're Elias or Elijah. And others say you're Jeremiah. So Jeremiah. Or one of them prophets. And then he asks them, but who do you say I am? And the Bible says, and Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Simon. And the Bible says, and then Jesus answered and said, Blessed art thou, Simon, by Jonah, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my father which is in heaven. Praise God. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter. Originally he was, the, he was Simon by Jonah, the son of Jonah. The word the Jonah, son of Jonah. Now he says, now from today on, you're no longer Simon Bar Jonah, the son of Jonah. I have son named you Peter. 
Praise God. And it says, and upon this rock, he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not what? Prevail against it. Which rock? The rock of revelation. The rock of the revelation of the person of God in the face of Jesus Christ. When the Bible says flesh and blood reveal this not unto you, it means flesh has revelation. Blood has revelation. If you feel not good and then you go to the doctor and the doctor takes your blood sample, he's trying to get revelation of what is in your blood. Blood reveals. If a man denies the paternity of a child, they'll go for a DNA test, probably take a blood sample. Blood speaks. So blood has its revelation. It connects you to many things, disconnects you to many things. It explains many things, disconnects you from many things. Such as his flesh. Flesh has revelation. And sadly, some of our ministers speak from the flesh. You can tell when a man is speaking from the flesh. Speaking from the flesh. Commenting in the flesh. And they're calling that service, right? To men. And then blood also what? Speaks. So Jesus is saying that on this rock, the rock of what? The Father revealing himself to you in the face of Jesus. He says, I will build my church. That's the foundation of the church. Church is not built by men. Church is built by God. A certain man one time came to me and said, Apostle Grace, I need to have questions with you. He said, it's phenomenal. Four years, 10,000 members. How do you do it? Tell me how you build church. I told him, the secret is I don't build church. Jesus is building his church. I'm just an available vessel to allow him to build his church. Because he wanted me now to own that so I can tell him I'm the one. It's about me. No, this is not me. It is Christ. Are you following what I'm saying? And so, he said, I will build my church. And he says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Thank God that the war is not on your gates. It's on the gates of hell. You know, some of you, every time they, you hear gates of hell, they are like on your door. So where are you? You're in hell? Did you get what I just said? You know, some people, their gate is the gate of hell. When you tell them and the gates of hell will not prevail, do you know the picture that comes in their head? There is a gate here and they are the ones behind the gate and Satan is trying to reach out. <laughs> Satan, go, fire, leave me. Ah, Satan, you understand? Satan, go. So they're like that all through. <laughs> no, the war is on his gates. So that means the church is an advancing force. We wake up in the morning and you're like, how can I give Satan some headache? You understand what I'm saying? And then you give Satan what? Headache. Somebody say that talking about me. Praise God. So he says on these gates, the gates of hell will not prevail. That means every time we go to hell and we want to pick out someone, Satan has no choice. You'll have to let it go. Praise God. That's our ministry. Tell your neighbor, that's who I am. So Simon now gets another name called Peter, surnamed, right? 
That means God deals with this man in twofold. He deals with the fallen nature, the original man of the flesh called Simon, but he's also cognizant of the man who God has given another name by surname, but as a typification, as sort of a miniature picture of the bigger experience of his relationship that later was to be imbued in this understanding of Christ and the church and of how as he built his church on that rock, he says the gates of hell will not prevail. So Peter is an embodiment of two things. He's an embodiment, one, Simon as the carnal fallen nature, the unregenerated man in God, but also, Simon, there is a Peter of him, the place and foundation of which Christ builds ministry and the church, the victorious and triumphant one. Now, so, the language here used is key for us to understand who of the two men Jesus is speaking to and who of the two men is responding to Jesus. Can we go back again? Now, if you have that understanding and you go back to Luke twenty-two thirty-one, he did not say Peter, Peter. He said, Simon, Simon. Did you understand what I just said? Simon, Simon. Your fallen nature, the other part of you that is so human and natural, he's appealing to that one. Jesus is not an author of mistake. He would not have said Peter, Peter, because the Peter part of him had a certain understanding and was conscious to God. It was not a name to the spirit. That is why when he says that I've seen Satan sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee, that your faith fail thee not, that is Simon, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. The Bible says, and then he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and death. Can that be Simon speaking? Who would that be? Because he's the one who is conscious of the God thing, of, of the divine responsibility. And Jesus stands to him to prove that actually that's Peter speaking. He said, and he said, I tell you, Peter. Did you understand what I just said? He turns to him and tells him, I tell you, Peter. Now he's saying, okay, let's even go beyond your Simon nature. Let's go to you, Peter. He tells him, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. So I'm talking not about only the Simon, but the Peter too. I'm not even talking about your unregenerated self. I'm not even talking about your divine place. You will deny me. But that was not the sifting. <laughs> the sifting comes later. This was the example of Peter understanding the sifting of Simon. But many people think that that was the sifting. That wasn't the sifting. No, this is telling Peter an example, okay, spiritual you who is very zealous about how you're ready to go with me to prison, you're gonna deny me. Let's not even talk about that. But back, Simon has to be sifted. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, when the Bible says Satan has desired to sift you, underline the word there, desired. The Greek word there for desired is excitiomai, right? And 
excite your man in the third definition means to ask from, to demand for. Are you hearing me? To ask that one be given up to one from the power of another. But it has a good sense to it. In other words, Satan had to go to Jesus and tell him, I beg you to give me to tempt Peter. Oh, did you get it? Did you understand it? Satan can't just tempt you. No, he has to seek permission. For you, you think it was only in the days of Job. No! Wake up and smell the coffee. Do you remember that even for the Job story, Satan had to tell Jesus, I mean God, allow me to touch him and everything he has and then we'll see whether he'll doubt you. Do you know what that means? That means every time Satan puts a proposal of tempting and trying you, Jesus first looks into you to see whether you're able. Hey! That is why the Bible says, he shall not tempt you beyond that which you are able to bear. Can you think about that for a second? Breathe it in. That means there is nothing on you that Jesus did not see that you are able to defeat. Are you hearing me? Did you understand what I just said? He says there is no temptation taken you but that that is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are not able? It's in the faithfulness of God that anything that has come your way, I don't care whether it's the worst news from a doctor. I don't care whether it's the worst news from your family. I don't care whether it's the worst news from your partner. I don't care whether it's the worst news from your child. God knew you were able to take it. And he said, and he will, with the same temptation, also make a way to escape that you may be able, he has repeated it, to bear it. You know that people who say, oh, God, why me? What have I done to deserve? Why me? Why not Rita? Rita is the bad one. She's the thief. Why don't they still avoid me? Why have I lost my business? Why not Rita, who, who I know is a typical thief? Are you hearing me? If you think like that, I would have wanted to slap you, but you're far from me. So you have people who think that way. Listen, if you want to know how heavy you are, look at the temptation on you. How, what heavy weight you are. Like something comes on you like, God, you actually mean I could handle this? Come on, somebody. No temptation can come when God has not examined your ability to bear it. He says the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. You're stronger than you think. But how come it kills some? Because they don't know. They just don't know. They just do not know. They just do not know. They just do not know. 
now you know. Nothing comes that you're not able. But why is it that I've gone through this apostle? I'm the one who's gone through this poverty. Because you're able. Oh, this disease, they said it's incurable. Because you are able. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, don't fret over your challenges, your circumstances. Understand God's mind. He has never tempted you without seeking permission from a higher power. Can you believe that? Satan just doesn't come. No, he has to seek permission. The word there, desired. In fact, when you study it from the neutral part of where Christ speaks, this was something that had already happened and Christ had already okayed it. That's why he prayed for Peter that his faith not fail him. He didn't pray that he's not tempted. No, this was beyond it. Jesus looks into Peter and he knows that he is able to withstand it. He knows that if there's anything that would disturb Peter, it would be faith. Peter is what? The church. The rock on which he builds his church. So he knows, he prays for him and he says, I'm not praying that you'll heal of that incurable disease. Or that you don't get it. I'm not praying that you don't go through that pain. I'm not praying that you don't go through that struggle and strife and poverty and, and challenge. No. I have prayed that your faith fail you not. Because if your faith does not fail you, it's a when thou art. It's not an if thou art restored. He says, when thou art restored. He says, restore and strengthen your brethren to when thou art converted. When, 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 not if, not could, not might, you might make it, you might not make it. Everybody at the sound of my voice, I have to tell you and pronounce upon your life, you will be converted out of that issue. I don't care how bad it is. Your salvation is nearer than you first believed. Somebody shout hallelujah. So he tells him, when thou art converted, restore your brethren. You know, when you've gone through certain things, you have the ability to strengthen. You know, there are people who start talking and you look at them and they don't know what they're talking about. They don't even have a clue of what they're talking about. So they, they, they don't even understand it. Are you hearing me? Do you understand what I'm saying? So we see the sifting as wheat. The temptation as wheat. And he tells him, I have prayed for you. Because the most important ingredient you need is faith. It's faith. And how does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. In Matthew 13 and verses 20, if you read the Amplified Version, he gives different, you know, the seeds. The farmer goes to sow a seed, you remember? And some seeds fall on the wayside, and some fall on the stony ground or rocky ground, and some fall on the thorny ground, and some fall on good ground. But when he's talking about the rocky soil or the rocky ground, he talks about people 
He says, as for that which was sown on thin rocky soil, this is he, he says, who hears the word and at once welcomes and accepts it with joy. They get a, a very happy, you understand what I'm saying? And there is nothing as beautiful as seeing joy when you're preaching something that connects to somebody's life. Oh, it's a beautiful thing to behold. Ask me when I'm up here. And I'm watching you all do your gymnastics. And <laughs> Which gymnastics are godly, by the way? You know, some people get so lost in the rhetoric and the vocabulary of things and borrow waters that they can't interpret and then disqualify even fundamental truths. Some people say, some of you are in spiritual gymnastics. That word exists. Gym, exercising yourself. But some people call it a wrong thing. And I'm like, are you thinking? Or you heard it from another man say it and then you thought it was wrong. No, exercise yourself to godliness. That's gymnasium, gymnasio. Spiritual gym, gyms exist. So it's okay to have spiritual gymnastics. So anyway. So they hear the word and get excited. You start preaching, and before you know that, some guy is standing in the back. And he's like, mm. Mm. Then another one turns his friend and gives a high five and says, Qua! Qua! Shararara. And then for some coincidental reason, a camera shifts on a lady, and then you make a point, and she's like, Mm, then she even writes it. Then she screams and turns around. They will come it. Then they cram the names and put them on the Facebook uh, walls and WhatsApp statuses. Serendipity. Calopsia. Meraki. Phronesis reloaded, pa pa pa. Daughter of Sunesis. I'm a poet. Poetess. I'm an Eskios wife. Not conscious of lack. Spiritual gym. Then they put H master like at the gym. They accept it with joy. And then the classical ones. The classical ones that I love most. You preach the gospel, and then she comes to you and says, Wow, you guy, eh? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. That someone was a deep. Oh my God, I mean, Apostle, you've preached, eh? You've preached, eh? But I've never had a someone like, oh my God, like, you don't know what she just did, then she gets her bag. I, I, you'll just see results, Apostle, wait for me. I'm the next billionaire. I'm the max multi-millionaire. One told me one day and said, you know what? Someday I'm going to buy you a jet. I was like, oh. 
but you know, there's something joy brings. Do you understand? And then you preach again the next day, and then they come. You know, you preached to someone last time I thought it was the best. This one, Apostle. I mean, I know you preach someone, eh? Leave alone the other one. But this one, eh? Then another day you preach something. Are you hearing me? She just stands at a distance and looks at you and says like, of like this one, you just messed me up. She's telling you, I don't have words. As in just watch. I, I don't even want to say. Watch what's going to happen. Apostle watch. Apostle watch. Apostle. Watch. But the Bible says in the next verse. Yet the word has no real root in that person. But it's temporary. It's inconstant. It lasts a bit and a little while. When affliction or trouble or persecution comes on account of the word, at once that person is caused to stumble. He or she is repelled and he begins to distrust and desert him, him who? It's not me or deserting. I'm simply presenting the gospel. And the Bible says, whom he ought to trust and obey, and then he or she falls away. I have wept when I hear somebody say, I sat in service for one year and things didn't make sense. And then they say, I'm no longer going to church. And then I remember that excitement. I remember the standing up. She even walked in front and gave seed. And I was like, oh my God, this person never got it. They never got it. They never understood it. It didn't take root in him. They were just excited. Somebody gets, this someone, you've done me. One week later, I so pray. I don't think I can handle this anymore. Wait a minute. Brother, you are the guy, sister, you are the same person who last week was telling me, you even sang songs because he lives. I confess tomorrow. There's where they put their hands on one on the chest like this and then they raise one. <laughs> then trouble comes. And then that's the same person. <laughs> I want to kill myself. No. This world is not worth it. 
I'm tired, I don't. Leave me, Apostle, leave me. Calopsia, Miraki, Poetes. Hello. Serendipity. Hallelujah. Let me teach you how to allow the word to root. Let me explain how you do this. When you hear a word and you have been excited and it has stirred something in you, every service, examine yourself. Have I gotten this fully? If you feel that yes, it was exciting, but you feel in your heart you've not gotten it fully, I always charge people, go back home and re-listen. If you haven't gotten it, listen again. Listen to it a hundred times until you're sure this one has sat. If any circumstance comes, I will remember and recite it at heart. That's a person who is rooted. You know, there is a very big challenge when the word is scarce and revelation is held back because men are not resting. You remember the time when the Bible says and the word of God was scarce in those days and revelation was not there during that time. But the Bible says, but the Lord spoke to Samuel at Shiloh. The word there, Shiloh, means rest, right? It's one thing when a man doesn't receive revelation. It means that they're not resting. But there's also another extreme on the other side where rest is ministered to people and revelation is too available in a dispensation that certain people esteem it lightly because it's available to them. Some of you don't know what it's like to preach deep every year. We tarry. We sit before God for countless hours and speak in tongues all through to get just what you receive for one hour. And some of you do not respect that thing. You receive it like it's just your daily newspaper reporting. No, this is life. I wish some of you know the price we pay to dig these wells by grace. I mean, you must understand that the man of God has to be given into God to hear for you. That's God's expression that he loves you. You don't need Apostle Grace to send you a message. You know, you even have funny people. They, they don't care about me in that ministry. They don't call me. But I tarry and burn the midnight oil for you. And I may give you the word. What more do you need? I thought the issue here is faith. He didn't say, I pray that your friends don't leave you. He didn't say, I pray that Apostle Grace does not stop sending you a message. No, he said, I pray that your faith fail you not. The most definitive expression of love is for a man to avail himself to God to, to hear for you. But some of you are in a very kind of understanding. Hey, they don't care about me in that ministry. What is care? Do you know some people can nurse you to death? Do you know I can love you into death? I love you, but I'm void of understanding. Revelation is not there. So they love you. They even nurse you on your sick bed until you die. Baby, that man loved her. He nursed her to death. Are you hearing me? 
I would rather rebuke you into life. Somebody shout hallelujah. And instruct you into the way of the spirit. One thing many Christians don't understand is there are only two ways to this. The more knowledge comes to you, the more trials and temptations. So the only way to reduce those things is firstly refusing to receive revelation. Such that the day Satan comes, he just kills you. I'm only trying to say, if you are serious, there are two ways to eat. You either reject revelation and he comes and destroys you and kills you and you die and leave us. Because people perish for a lack of knowledge. Listen, you will die quicker than your age, quicker than your time. So you can't run away from this. Or if you choose revelation, then get ready for the test on account of the word you receive. To whom much is given, much is required. We don't run away from temptation. The problem with you is you're praying Old Testament covenant prayers in the New Testament dispensation. Lead us not into temptation. James says, brethren, count it all joy when diverse trials and temptation. Lead us not into temptation. Brethren, count it all joy. Lead us not into temptation. Brethren, count it all joy. But this is the Lord's prayer. It's... Listen. It's not the Lord's Prayer. Who told you it's the Lord's Prayer? The man who told you. Jesus never used to go to God and tell God, lead me not into temptation. He knew no sin. Forgive our sins. Did Jesus sin? So why do you say it's his prayer? Why do you say it's his prayer? Secondly, was that prayer given to men who were born again? Or men who were not yet born again? Was it given to men who were born again or men who are not born again? Born again. Now you're a new creation in Christ. Are you hearing me? Praise God. Let me tell you. You need to understand how the new creature and the old are different. One time, Jesus says, if your neighbor wrongs you and asks for forgiveness, forgive them. And the next verse says, if he wrongs you seven times and says sorry, do what? Forgive them. Do you know what the next line says? I want you to understand how men who are unregenerated used to think. I was not planning to go there, but I need you to understand the difference between what it means to be born again and what it means to be unregenerated. He says, take heed to yourselves. If your brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. And the next verse says, and if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, seven times in a day, turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. What did the disciples say? The next verse, and the apostles said unto him, increase our faith. <laughs> we don't have faith to forgive. Sadly, some Christians are there. When you are a new creation, forgiveness is a default setting in you. But there are some people who say, me, God, give me faith. You go, how can I forgive? Huh? You don't understand? You don't yet understand what you're both with. You're a child of love. 
Your covenant is love. It breathes in your DNA and in your spirit. There is no way you cannot forgive. But now see how they're troubling the son of God. Increase our faith. Now that's the something also Jesus has to face on forgiveness. Now, back to the story. The new creation, James changes the narrative. And then he says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Praise God. Next verse. But let patience have perfect work that you may be perfect and entire working nothing. What's the end of temptation? Perfection. So why are you? Lead us not into temptation. Why are you doing that? You know why they had to pray that way? Because there was nothing in them that could keep them. There was nothing in them that would show the end of perfection. You are a new creation. Every trial and test is trying to check did you really believe the word you heard? Are you really born again? That is why when the Bible says, if you faint in your day of adversity, he says, your strength is small. He says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. But many people have never read the next line. Listen to the next line. The next line says, rescue the word. Those perishing, don't hesitate to step in and help. Don't. Let's rescue, let's help people. In other words, it's a concern. Such people need rescue. They need to be helped. They need to be reached out. Brother, don't stumble, stand. Some of you just see people falling and you just say, hey, now you look at that one. No, go and tell them, but have you forgotten what they preached that Sunday? Come on, stand up. We're supposed to do that for our brethren. Say amen to that. So, if you fall on your day of crisis, there was nothing to you in the first place. In other words, you were in service, you listened to the word, and then, you know, the thing that kills me most is when somebody says, you know what, I think this church is not for me. Let me tell you. Okay, you go and look. Listen, in the same room, there is somebody for whom it's working. In the same room, there is somebody testifying about the same thing you failed to fix. You can't run away from the responsibility of taking the word in personally. Jesus has to be personal. Stop basing your miscalculations and misfortunes on people outside you. What about you? How much do you have? Whether you want it or not, the more you listen to this thing, the more tests will come. But as I said, when you are God conscious, when they are coming, you're always excited. It's like a kid who knows everything and they are going to set a test. Imagine you know everything and they say, can we set a test for you? What do you do? Yee-hee, send. That's the attitude we're supposed to be having on temptation. But some of you, two, three days that are apostle. One time somebody sent me a message, if you don't hear from me tomorrow, understand I would have left this earth. And because I knew how much I put in this person, I just told them, farewell. The next day, so them. <laughs> you can't die. You can't commit suicide under this anointing. Even if you try. You can't. I know you can't. I'm sure you can't. Something in you will put the rope and you say, but what am I doing? 
then you put down the rope and start exercising yourself. God, I was joking. <laughs> Tell your neighbor we are not of them that draw back to perdition. We are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Did you hear what I just said? We are them that believe to the saving of the soul. We don't draw back. 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 We don't give up. Even if it, you say no. You just recollect yourself and go back in the ring. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. That's who we are. We fight till the end. That's what we are made of. That's our DNA. Ask anybody who has known us. I don't preach what I don't live. I live it. I preach it. It is me. That's who I am. I don't know no other way. You understand what I'm saying? So, it will come. When it comes, God wants you to get to a level where a doctor can tell you, oh, I think we've seen cancer. Then you say, oh, God. <laughs> what are you up to? What are you planning to do this time? Because you know one day you swing these results and tell the person, look, you who is scared, strengthen your brethren when you're converted. You tell them, look, I've been there. You know, it's beautiful when you can tell somebody, believe me, I went through. Well, you can find somebody and hug them. And, hey, are you so happy today? Can you believe I was fired? <laughs> Count it all but joy. Because you know the end. That's why when a man has experienced this, they have a voice. Ask that guy who was fired from a job five years and his family is still eating food. That one can tell you, brother, I've been there. The word has been tried and I can tell you it is true. The job is not yet there yet, but my children are not starving. How? Rakatalapati. Ask that single mother who is raising children alone, no husband, no help, but they're eating, drinking, going to school. What are you talking about? That my husband has left me with children. I'm going to kill myself. How? Somebody has been there and then defeated it. You can make it too. There is nothing that is disturbing you that somebody on the surface of this earth has not overcome. And if one person has... It's enough to tell you it is in the possible. Somebody on this face of the earth has been healed of an incurable disease. Somebody on this face of the earth has come out from a worse situation that you have. Worse than you have. A hundred times more and still came out. You just look back at the crowd of witnesses and say, mm -mm, this one also. I'm the next on the story. I refuse to die. I refuse to fail. I refuse. That is why when Peter is speaking in chapter 1, the third verse, he understands. When he's writing to people, he's not writing to anybody. No. This is the man that was tested. He was sifted. He knows it. He has the t-shirt. He graduated out of it. So when he's talking, he knows exactly what he is saying. That's why when he's writing to the brethren, he 
talks to the brethren. He says, who are kept by the power of God through what? Because that was what they prayed that he would not fail. So he told him, I pray that your faith fail you not. Peter tried that faith and it worked. And he says, no. He comes to the ultimate realization that, you know what? I'm not kept by medicine. I'm not kept by nice feeding. I'm not kept by this. I'm not kept by connections. I'm kept by the power of God through faith and to what? Salvation ready to be revealed. That means at every trial, God is ready to prove you a victor. He's like as if telling Satan, ah, you test her, you'll see. No, no, go ahead. I told you. So when victory comes, it, it tells the devil, ha, I told you. I told you I knew what's in my girl. I know what's in my man. I knew that this was not going to kill him. You were joking. Yeah, you see, uh -huh, is he dead? Is he dead? And then he comes and tells you, Apostle. He said, had more chance. <laughs> Did somebody understand it? Then he tells you, add more chairs. <laughs> Prepare yourself. Put chairs, they'll come. <laughs> because you're not funny, you're serious. You're serious. I can count on you to preach. I can count on you to tell them. I can give you more. I know they need to hear you. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says, who through faith have overcome who through faith have come. So he's talking about people. We are kept by the power of God through faith. So how does God keep you by his power? Through what? So when you have faith, what happens? The power of God keeps you. The power of God keeps you. And he says, there is salvation ready to be revealed. That means God is ready to prove that you're bigger than it. In fact, when temptation comes, he high fives Jesus and he says, let's watch our boy, Pah! and then they all switch on TV, Pah! and they watch him. <laughs> and Elijah is like, oh my God, that guy is so deep. Look at how he's doing it. Look at him exercising himself. Look at how he received the results from the doctor. Look at how she responded to them. Just look, oh my God. And then you do something, oh! You mean she didn't get it? You mean the guy didn't get it? You mean he, you mean the guy didn't? Paul, come and see. Come and see the guy who quoted Romans. Then Paul comes, oh, I don't even want to see. It's too much for me. And then there are people. The saints love to watch. <laughs> They're always on TV like this. You're missing. You're missing so, 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 and so's next saga. You, you gotta watch this. You, you missed the show. You gotta watch this. And then all of them gather with the angels and they start watching you do your thing. And they say, hey! They're screaming, hallelujah! And then you get bad news and then you say, I'm more than a conqueror by Christ which strengthens you. And Jeremiah turns to look and says, ha ha! Oh my God! This guy knows what he's doing. Heaven is proud of you. I said heaven is proud of you. Even in heaven, God will just say, well done, my man, my man, that's my man. They're up there cheering you, saying she knows who she has believed. Some of us, heaven is so proud. So proud. They get so proud. They just load us with benefits. They say, Adam, 
No, that's one ad. That one, I put him on TBN. People need help. Take him to Calvary TV India. People need help. Put him on Europe. That one, people need to hear. This one, eh? Uh, go, go for us. Go, he represent us, apostle. <laughs> represent us, apostle. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he says, you are kept. This, this man knew what faith did for him. So he can say, we are kept by the power of God through faith and toward salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And the next verse says, he says, we're kept by the power of God through faith and to salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And the next verse says, where in you what? You mourn? You sorrow? You send me a message at midnight? Because you can't sleep but you think it's moving. Because it's moving. No, he says, you greatly rejoice. And he says, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. So he's saying, you're going through too much. But Mambi, you're happy. You're rejoicing in your trouble. You wake up with pain and say, thank you, Lord. You can't even bend, but you say, hallelujah. That's a believer. That's a believer. Are you hearing me? And he says, now for a season. That means it's temporal. He says, for our light afflictions, which are but for a moment, they cannot be compared to the weight of glory that shall be revealed. And, and the Bible says, and, and after you have suffered shortly or for a while, the Bible says, the Lord shall comfort you. He shall settle you only for a while. Tell your neighbor to chiruamu. He says, but the God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ, after that you have suffered a while, he will make you what? Perfect. He will do what? Establish you. He will do what? He will strengthen you. He will do what? He will settle you. You will not die in your movie. It's only like a short thing. Every situation is temporal. Wow. Have you read that in the message? One, two, three, read. One, two, three, read. Read it again. Read it again. Read it again. I, I, I don't hear it. Read it. Read it. Say it from your spirit. It won't. It won't. He says, it won't be long before this generous God who has great plans for us in Christ eternal and glorious plans they are will have you put together and on your feet. Temporary. And then it comes back. Temporary and then it comes back. For a while and then it comes back. No. He will put you on your feet for good. How can you not be excited? How can you hear that someone and just say, Glory to God. We rejoice. Hallelujah. We greatly rejoice. Though now for a season. Praise God. And the next verse says. That the trial of your faith. Being much more precious. Again see this is a faith issue. It's not about the generational curse. This is a faith. You're thinking you're going to die things up. No, 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 darling, I'm dealing with your faith. Let's even forget, you're not going to die. I saw what you were able to do. I saw what was inside you and what you could. 
Darling, here we're not even talking about your defeat. I always cause us cause to triumph. But can we deal with your faith? He says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Next verse. Whom having not seen, ye love. In him, though ye see him not, ye believe. You rejoice with joy unspeakable. Again, you see, you don't cry. You rejoice with joy unspeakable. And you're full of what? Glory. Receiving the end of your what? Faith. Even the death? No. Even the salvation of your soul. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Bring it on, devil. Bring it on. I'll beat it. I'll receive the end of my salvation. Go through a situation happy. Like you know the end of it. Hallelujah. 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 Because some people think hope is just, just a futuristic expectation. The scripture speaks of the God of hope. You know, because when you understand how the God of hope, the God of hope works. The Bible calls now the God of hope. What does he do? Fill you with what? Hey, the God of hope fill you what? With joy and what? And peace in what? So you're believing, but with peace. You're believing, but with joy. That you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. That's how you abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Your faith is always in hope, in peace. Your believing is not, I'm believing God. <laughs> I'm believing God. I'm believing I'll overcome. No, 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 no. You have peace. You have peace. You have peace. You have peace about it. You believe God. So, that's how I say that you can't fail. And I say you can't fail. That's how I say that this is temporal. And I say it is what? It will not be long. And I say it's not going to be long. You're bigger. You're bigger. You're bigger. You're bigger. If you're in this room and have had any sort, even the slightest major setback, struggle, strife, illness, anything, anything, anything that you know has troubled you at all, get to your feet and start rejoicing. and start rejoicing. Oh! Take 20 seconds. Rabakata. Oh! He says in which you greatly rejoice. Come on, rejoice. Rejoice. seconds and rejoice take a few seconds and rejoice
you for divine health. <laughs> I thank you for my finances. <laughs> thank you for my marriage. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my ministry. Thank you for my womb. Thank you for my mind. Thank you for my vision. Thank you for my experiences. Glory. and gold that the communication of your faith will become effectual through the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you which is in Christ oh. knowing this very thing being persuaded that he that began that could work in you he shall see to accomplishment to the day of Christ for our light afflictions which are but for a moment for a moment they for a moment wait for a moment for a moment for a moment for a moment they cannot be compared to the weight of glory they work for us a more exceeding eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things that are seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen the bible says they are things are for your sakes that through the thanksgiving of many this might redound to your glory for which cause we faint not like a boss you're coming out of this like a superstar you're coming out of fire and you won't smell smoke you're coming out of water dry some of you have had this someone eat has given joy but it is not rooted get it play it until it roots every time you think about your trouble pain get the sermon play it until it's rooted until you can repeat every word verbatim ah, yeah. Nobody great, nobody great, nobody greater than you. Nobody great, come on, rejoice with me. Nobody great, nobody greater than you.
out of this room fully persuaded oh praise God now if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ I want to give you an opportunity if you feel the words I've spoken have touched you in a way and you feel I think I need Jesus you're going to repeat these words after me. Best decision you're ever going to make. Say this word. Say, Jesus, I've heard your word tonight. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that you are the Son of God who gave himself for me. Tonight, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I'm born again. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.